is the Tiltcast, episode 406, Day Walking. <laughs> and this week, guys, Rusty talks more Destiny 2. We got Mech Warrior 5, Phoenix Point, and Age of Wonders Planet Fall. Stay tuned. Are you sleeping? Was there? All right. Just back. one can. Yeah. yeah. Mine's well, been open for a while. Well, you know, uh, thank you for the can. It's Tillcast. All right, dog, you got to get down here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Lo- Lola, the, the the podcast mascot, is pulling at my head. Um, she wants to be in a lap. Down. Down, you. Down, you turd. You are a turd you are a cute little fucking turd and i love love every bit of your little face yes so <laughs> apparently she wants to be a lap dog she does today and she needs to she need oh my god she's in the cables all right so oh my gosh today is january 10th 2020 the year of the double critical double double and it is uh 10 p.m it, yeah, Woo! it's that's a story in and of itself, right there. Um, Rusty slept through all of his alarms and was dead, and we I, almost did a wellness check on. I will. Literally, Jason was like, "I think I'm gonna drive by his house." I was, um, I was, uh, yeah. This is this is a thing. So, uh, as of this recording, uh, a, a a major freaking change in the weather happened. Uh, we went from ha- being like sixty five fucking degrees and overcast to fucking thirty seven degrees and f- windy and rainy and bullshitty and all that crap. That's... Not to mention some fairly gnarly thunderstorms uh, pushed through. And a couple I don't of small know. Tornadoes. I ha- I slept through it all. So. I, um, yeah, so a number of factors actually added to this. I was told that I needed to go on a business trip, like, spontaneously, and by spontaneously, it's like you have a couple days to prepare, book your tickets, and do all the things, and, um, yeah, uh, I don't generally do spontaneous, <laughs> So that's been kind of weighing on me, and then the freaking weather change happened, and then all of a sudden, what happens? I get a freaking migraine. Well, I pass out. I set my alarms so that I could wake up earlier than I normally do for the podcast, and because uh, I'm a night guy, you, you guys know this, right? So I, I normally, you know, wake up just in time for the podcast, really, uh, but. I woke up a little, I wanted to wake up a little earlier so that I could kind of train myself to be part of the uh, Daywalker crew for a week. Part of the the day culture. Yeah. So uh, I needed to see the sun at least once. I probably wouldn't have seen it it today anyway, but whatever. Uh, Um, Funny you say that. Like, it it was dark at like four o'clock. Oh, well, see, that's, see, that was, uh, I had the lamps on in the house because it was getting so dark in here. It's like, did it, did I, something, what happened? The the earth moved. That's what happened. So yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I set three fucking alarms. Uh, I set, uh, I set my two phones and my freaking Alexa to, uh, to try to wake me up at five o'clock. Apparently, 
I mean, I can give you a couple of tracks by Infinite Annihilator that'll help. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, okay, so the, this is this is the alarm sound that I use. I'm not going to play it because it's fucking loud, but it's the Metal Gear Solid fucking uh, codec alarm. You know, codec notification. Yeah, the, the notification sound. I've had that for my alarm before, actually, too. So that is super loud. And I can even hear it at work inside of a freaking loud-ass data center, right? Somebody calls me, it goes off. Um, I can hear it. Apparently, I slept through because the alarm only goes for an hour. I guess it's a battery save feature or something on the phone. I mean, I had that Katamari Damacy. Yeah. Well, uh, song that would that be on a loop. That would be in my head the entire day if that's not. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be terrible. <laughs> it's an earache, uh, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I slept through basically an hour of that blaring on two phone speakers that are like a couple inches away from my head. I mean, I could loan you Lola for a while. She She promptly wakes me up at 6.50 a.m. every morning. Well, that's the thing. I, uh, well, at 6.50 a.m. every morning under a normal, under normal circumstances, I'm not even home. <laughs> I'm, I work till seven, so that would uh, that that would suck. That would suck for Lola and me. Please don't do that to Lola. You could do that to me any day though, because Lola's. I don't awesome. even set an. I haven't set an alarm in a long time. Well, since I've had this dog and she's got on a schedule, you know, a semi-normal bathroom schedule where she's not peeing in the house anymore, she just wakes me up in the morning by standing on my chest. Well, I mean that'll do it, and I'm not you sure. Just wake up to dog face looking at you. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if Lola would have been able to actually get me out of my little coma. I'd um, be surprised. Well, licking in your ears does tend to wake it, you up really it, fast. Well, yeah, I, I imagine that could do. She gets do a the reaction trick. out of it, which is why I think she does it. Oh, of course. Well, you know, <laughs> so uh, this is. The uh, most frantic jump in the freaking car and get here, because uh, I woke up uh, about, what, little little over an hour ago. Yeah. You want to hear when, when I sent the, uh, well, fuck text, these guys are like, are you okay? Are you alive? Are we going to have to come get you? Are, are we, uh, what's, what's the deal? Because, I mean, normally... I Normally, at least, it, at least if you're feeling bad, you give us the normal fuck off. I'm feeling like shit, right? Which like, we didn't even get that, and I was like, "Well, that's, yeah." I was totally quiet. Now, if if it was me, I'd want somebody. You <laughs> <laughs> dumb shit! <laughs> All right, dog. Literally, you when you called I, me, I, I was ready to walk out the door and drive up to Owasso. <laughs> And check on you. He was like, well, yeah. let's say about 9.30, I'll just drive up there and I'll go check on him and I'll go home. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, sorry for fucking doing that because um, I, uh, I definitely meant to be up and here earlier than you <laughs> this time and that did not happen. You wanted to hear something pretty nuts? <laughs> what? So you didn't notice it because you kind of rushed in here, but I... My house almost caught on fire. What? Yeah. So. What? A couple days. So Sunday. So we record on Fridays. Right. Um, Sunday or Saturday, I smelled something that smelled like, kind of like burning plastic. 
I thought the dishwasher got too hot. So I'm pretty OCD. I like to know things, right? Okay. I have my hot water turned up pretty high. Um, it's at 145 degrees. Like you can literally cook food with the water. Um, know. You know, like souvé. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I thought, Sous-vide. yeah, I had put something in the dishwasher that was melting. Yeah. So, you know, I pulled some plastic out, didn't really smell it again on Saturday night. And I was like, all right, well, maybe mm-hmm. it just got too hot. Yeah. So Sunday, um, start smelling the same thing. I was like, man, that water must be getting really hot. So I went in, the, went in there and then opened the dishwasher up because it smelled like it was coming from that general vicinity. Uh-huh. Pulled a couple of plastic things out. And I was like, man, this maybe I just need to go turn down the water. It's like, yeah, I'll mess with it later. I shut the dishwasher, let it run again. It's on its, like, sanitation cycle, you know, where it's, like, blowing hot steam on everything. And motherfucking hear a pop and a zap. Oh, yeah, no, that's not good. And then I see smoke. Uh, And then I see flames. What? Underneath the dishwasher. Oh, my God, dude. I flipped out. Like, you know, like in a cartoon when they start running real fast, the legs are moving and they're not? Yep. That was me on that tile. (laughs) Scooting across the tile all the way over to the panel. And I didn't know which one was the dishwasher, so I turned all the power off to the whole house. Right. I mean, I would, too. Um, And we're in the middle of getting ready to start making dinner. And that did not happen. So I sent the girls off to go get some food, and then I went ahead and um, yeah, called my dad out. because I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I couldn't get the dishwasher out by myself, but I pulled it out, uh-huh. um, and it was definitely a two-man job getting it out of there. If just for whatever reason, it had these plastic feet on it that were really difficult to screw up. Yeah. So you kind of needed two hands so one of us had to lift the dishwasher while the other person got under there and well it was the feet so that we could get it past the towel to get it out of the hole yeah but once we got it out um on the control box where the like my house is uh almost 40 years old right actually my house is 40 years old at this point and there's a uh it's just a wire right like you just little it's not a power cord that plugs in it's a wire that comes out of the wall that you wire into the appliances that's how my microwave set up above my my range uh, so you all have hard wires i have hard wires for where the vent is and where the dishwasher is and gotcha. where the you know like the disposal also is hardwired into the disposal huh so anyways um so after we figured out what was going on like we open up the control box control box is pretty melted Uh, um inside there the wire that the black wire that you know powers everything right that was super melted (laughs) um and then the black wire coming from the wall was also fairly melted it actually melted to the box oh nice so the screw that held it in was cracked and corroded from all the heat from electric from the current right and we had to like basically cut it out Wow. So, you know. That's scary, man. What if you that, were here? What it, I run it overnight a lot. Yeah. Which not doing ever again. Right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like super, super conscious of that fact now. Yeah. Never would have thought about it before. Right. And there's nothing to it. Like, it's hard to fuck that up. Right. If you crossed your wires, you'd know immediately that you crossed your wires. Right. 
there's three wires. So it's yeah, it's super easy. It's anyway, just that it was it just pulling enough power that it just. Well, I did some digging, uh-huh. and I'm going to publicly say this because it pisses me off so much. Uh-huh. So Bosch had a recall. That's what I had. I had a lower end Bosch. It wasn't like a twelve hundred dollar dishwasher. It was right. like a six hundred and fifty dollar Bosch yeah. dishwasher. Which for me at the time when I bought it a two and a half years ago was pretty substantial. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more than average. But uh anyways, um yeah, they had a recall and apparently there was an issue with where the power cable plugs in. The one of the wires that's on it is too small. Oh, so they didn't use the right gauge wire. Correct. Ah. And so I guess when it gets into that long dry cycle. It it starts to overheat. It overheats. So anyways, Mm. long story short, they said they could arrange to get somebody out here to repair it. And I was like, not repair. Completely replace with something that's never had a recall. Right. Yeah. They said, no, that's, we we can't do that. My house almost burnt down. That's you like are definitely ha- doing that. It's like that. fire happened. That's what I expect. Right. It's like, no. It's like, do you want to talk to legal? I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> Jesus. Really? No. So this is my public statement to a few thousand people. Right. You know, um, fuck Bosch. Right. Fuck Bosch. <laughs> fuck Bosch. Well, um, I definitely won't be buying anything from them for fuck sure, man. That's so crazy. I, I went to the Sears Ding and Dent store. Yeah. And got a... We've been wanting to do stainless steel in there, so that's why I got the stainless steel microwave. We'll eventually get a stainless steel fridge. Right. Um, got a stainless steel dishwasher. It's a GE that usually retails for about 600 bucks that I got for about 350 That's It's got a bad. skull scratch on the side of the door underneath where you can't really see it. Yeah, well, that's fine. And didn't really come with any instructions, but it's a dishwasher. There's two, yeah. two lines and a power cord. Right. You plug it into power. You throw some freaking like soap and some rinse agent in there and throw some dirty dishes in there and... It's the cycle, dude. It's actually got more room than what I got right now, but it took them this long. I was originally going to get it delivered earlier this week, but I've been doing dishes by my damn self in there. Yeah. And I didn't want to make... Back in the day where we all had to do our dishes by hand. It sucks ass. (laughs) I felt so bad, so usually the kiddo helps me out with dishes. Right. And I, you know, I don't... It's not a big deal with the dishwasher. It's just an inconvenience. Right. But it's, no. there's so much, like, Jessa made, you know, food right before she left this week, and I, there's no way in hell I'd have made her do that. Like, that took me an hour. Right. There's so many dishes. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just a single dude in an apartment, and, um, I mean... Oh, my dish count's pretty high. Like, that thing runs twice a day. Right. Well, oh, shit. I don't know if I could, uh, if I go that far. I, I maybe run my dishwasher once a week. But I have... How many paper plates do you buy? I don't buy any... Well, I do have paper plates, but that was... um, During my uh, really, really lazy cycle, like for the past six months or so, I've been really bad about just about everything. Like not doing... Well, what I'm, I'm saying, supposed to do as far as working out, 
I haven't been eating right. Oh, I've just he, been super lazy. You want to hear something really funny when what? it comes to that, right? So it just got <laughs> off the holiday season. Right. And I've intentionally not looked at that scale. Didn't step on it. Didn't do any of that. I, I wanted to be guilt-free while I ate my motherfucking toffee. I did the same. And I stepped on the scale, gained 18 pounds oh, in two and a half weeks. Jesus. 18 pounds. Literally like gaining a pound a day. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's see, insane. I, mean, I uh, Granted, it's mostly water weight, and that's what I'm telling myself. Right. Um, like, but yeah, things are definitely fitting that. tighter. And I started, you know, the... The low carb thing again, the other day. I am actually literally going, dropped. I feel like I dropped three pounds in water weight. Uh, I actually started, but I feel last like week. I feel like I actually still gained like seven or eight pounds. Oh yeah, I mean, so so, so the thing about the uh, about the diet is 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 this okay? I've been kind of on off keto, but not necessarily really following it. Like at, when I initially lost my first hundred, right? Right. I mean, we. We both lost a bunch of weight that, you know, that year that we we both did keto. And that was like three or four years ago, right? Yeah, and um, I've been on like lazy maintain keto. Right. It was just lazy maintain keto. Like don't go freaking overboard. Don't eat a large pizza by yourself. You know, like things like that. But you're still, you know, you're Not still really having, losing. you're still having your, uh, you know, your cheat day every other day situation, right? Uh for you know, like I said, six months of fucking bad decisions. Six months of bad decisions on top of the fact that I haven't been really following the keto lifestyle for you know, like right down to the macros, you know, for a few years. Um, I had actually gained back, uh, you know, sixty pounds total. Uh, and just before the, uh, you know, the holiday season, just before the parents came up with a bunch of sugar cookies and, you know, and all that, um, I went to the doctor and the doctor is like, dude, you know, you, you, you've got to do something. <laughs> this number is way higher than it needs to be. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So I go through. And I, and I intentionally don't look at the fucking scale. Like after that, you know, you go and do your checkup, they weigh you, you see the freaking you know, number. Normally it's in kilograms. Normally that number is way higher than pounds. And you're like, uh, fuck, you know? So <clears throat> I, um, well, it's actually pounds has been whatever, but the, uh, I know the conversion, I know where I'm at, and and I'm looking at a couple weeks worth of like sugar cookies and you know pizza rolls and good food and you know fattening food. Right, this stuff is going to add, not subtract from this number. Uh, so I made a commitment, uh, and you know, as of the first of the year, I went straight. Uh, clean out the house, you know, keto lifestyle. Like I went full on low carb and I'm making the additional commitment of doing it clean. So clean keto is a, uh, you know, is what keto really should be. Like you're not, 
eating pepperoni because it's got a bunch of extra shit in it. You know, you're eating, you're not eating, you know, deli meat because it's got a bunch of extra preservatives and shit in it. You know, clean keto is basically straight up meat, veggies, good fats, and making sure that you get all of your nutrients that you need for the day from your food instead of supplements. Um, right. Which is, uh, it's it's a considerable challenge because you're, you know, you look at what's on the shelf in a supermarket and 98% of that shit is not clean. You know, you have to go to the meat market, you have to go to a produce store, you have to go and, you know, learn new recipes and ways of making shit. And you have to basically tell yourself, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to have a pizza for a very long time. You're not going to have, you know, unless you can find, you know, the the butcher store bacon, you're not going to go out to a store and buy bacon. You know, you're, you have to make the arguably more um, expensive decision to do, you know, something like this because you're looking at, you know, trying to stay away from anything that's preservative-based. So I'm using my vacuum sealer a lot more so that I can, you know, preserve stuff in the freezer and, you know, and looking at grass-fed everything and whatnot. But long story short, I made I did my first weigh-in, and that was yesterday. And uh, I am 10 pounds less than when I started before the you know the Christmas season, how long have you been doing it? Only a week. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad at all. So, uh, so I didn't gain too much over the you know over the course of the holiday season, which is you know it's kind of crazy uh, considering the amount of sugar cookies and pizza rolls and everything that was uh, that had happened. Um, but I gained you know I lost an additional ten. Which is uh, fortuitous because I need to fit my ass into a plane seat here in a little bit. So uh, <laughs> uh, that is uh, uh, that is always a challenge fitting my ass into a plane seat. Um, it's not it's not an easy time being a big guy, <laughs> right? But it works. It you know it works. And getting you know getting into the you know into clean keto. The first part of this challenge for the first month is to realign how I uh, how I cook and how I shop. So the month of January is supposed to be uh, a refresher on how to do all that, uh, and that's I mean it, it it takes some research. Once that becomes an ingrained you know routine then I'm going to add intermittent fasting and I'm trying to see how much I can lose in 2020. Uh, that's, that's kind of the goal. So I think we always go through these new year's resolutions and it's important if you're going to make one to well, stick with it. I'm not, I'm not calling it a new year's resolution because I didn't call mine that either. 99% just... of new year's resolutions fail. Like I could make a new year's resolution to hit the gym six times a week. And I'd be like, yeah, and I've already failed that. So <laughs> As soon as you fail it, you no longer have any accountability to it. I'm not calling this a New Year's resolution. I'm doing this for me. This is something that I need to do because 
I don't want to go up in a size and, you know, in blue jeans and shirts again. I'd gotten used to and cleared out my wardrobe of all of my fat clothes. I don't have fat clothes to go back to. Yeah, I only have about <clears throat> 10 shirts that I'm in heavy rotation with right now that I don't like. Right. And there's yeah. shirts that I have that I want to wear, but I can't because they're too tight at the moment. And I mean, it's possible for me to get down to that. I know that it is. I just need to, you know, I just need to make the commitment and do what I need to do to better myself. Uh, and it is, uh, it, it's, it's not an easy thing. Like you can't just tell yourself you're going to go and, you know, and lose a, a number. I, I didn't even set a number. I have kind of like a mental goal in mind, uh, for where I would like to be. Uh, and that's always been high school weight. And admittedly, my high school weight was way higher than most people. Like, most people were like, you know, at 18 years old, they're looking at like maybe 160, 180, maybe 200 if you're like, you know, in football, right? My high school weight was 300. You know, I was a heavy kid and I've never really been like overly healthy as far as like my body, my body weight has been concerned. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of, that's the goal. That's, you know, that is, if I can get to that, I'm going to be happy. If I get less than that, I'm going to be ecstatic. And, you know, that's, and, and getting to that point and then maintaining it would be perfectly fine with me. I would be a much healthier person and I would be, you know, I, I would be much, much happier overall. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm at a point right now where I'm not looking at pounds, just looking to get down to a size. Yeah, I'm you know, that's another thing you can do is if you can set yourself a uh a size that you're looking to get to. Don't be unrealistic about it. You know, I'm not going to ever fit into a medium. <laughs> I will never fit into a medium. My body shape will never let me fit into a medium. My shoulders are too wide. Uh, it's I'm not being unrealistic there. If I can lose a size or two in shirt, that would be great. If I could, you know, if I could go down at least a pant size or maybe two, that would be great. I'm f I'm fucking happy with that because I mean this may say, sound freaking trashy, but Going to uh, going to Walmart, if you can pick up cheap-ass fucking clothes at Walmart, I mean, I'm not looking for style here. I'm looking to clothe myself, right? Um, if uh, I can go to Walmart and pick up every, you know, everything I need from there, that's, that is a win for me because five years ago, I had to buy all of my wardrobe from a big and tall store and that place in those places jack up their prices to about freaking six, seven, eight times the cost of the, you know, of the stuff because it's a specialty store. So buying two outfits of anything cost me like $300 or more at those specialty stores. And that's 
fucking insane, man. That's stupid. You know, they're they're fleecing the people who basically have no other choice. Um, but I mean, it that was my initial goal was to be able to buy anything I needed at Walmart because of the you know the size range that they have. So. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, I mean, I, I can kind of right now, but I need to actually lose even more than that. And that's, um, that is, uh, that is my goal. I'm not calling it a New Year's resolution because it really isn't. It is my goal for this year. We'll see. We'll revisit how, how we're doing throughout probably. Uh, but, uh, you know, by the end of the year, man, uh, I, I will, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. Okay. Right now. As of right now. Well, as of yesterday, because that was when I weighed. Uh, I am 376. Uh, there. The internet now knows I'm fucking a fatty. Um, but. <laughs> what they don't know is they don't know that you're 10 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but three three. 376 um is uh is the number I'm at right now and if I can if I can get that much lower uh by the end of the year and I you know I'd be more than happy to fucking share that number for you cuz uh it's it's got to go down the doctor basically just looked at me and said I don't care what you do <laughs> that number has to be that that number needs to be smaller you know, especially at my age, it, there's no way. <laughs> so, fuck, this is getting, like, crazy. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. It went way more serious than I expected. But Well, hey, uh, I mean, it is kind of like, uh, you know, right after the New Year, so might as well bring up things that would be a resolution-style thing. But, um, yeah, man. I'm not going to get a Bowflex. There's no fucking space in my apartment for a Bowflex. But I say you can have mine. Mine's just sitting in the garage. (laughs) Well, you should be using it, dude. I don't have a place to put it. In the garage, it sounds like it's got a place. (laughs) So many boxes. Move some boxes. It's not that hard. I've got like a day's worth of box tear down in there. Well... It's one day. That. You've got fucking like three hundred and sixty-four other days in the fucking year to you know to do this shit. So, Jason, you had anything crazy go on in the last week or so? Not really, man. I was just trying to uh, find time to get through The Witcher. Yeah, like it. Yeah, you get to you get to the end. Yes. All right. Fucking. I, I mean. Um, because work was fairly crazy this week, so I pretty much just concentrated on that. Yeah. How do you Dude. watch a show with titties in, at work? Um, <clears throat> no, I'm saying after work, I was brain yeah. dead enough that okay. that's pretty much all I could do. Okay, yeah. Don't watch The Witcher at work, guys. <laughs> i get you in trouble. That that will, uh, yeah, that will yeah. get you in trouble. There. There is at least one set of titties in like every episode. I mean, yeah. Uh I I won't even watch the Witcher gameplay at work because of that shit. Um they they don't shy away from the fact that there's uh there there's uh some 
risque scenes in there, which I am I appreciate in the show. Like honestly, I appreciate that it's more. I'm sure you do. I mean, <laughs> the the last thing I needed was a uh, was a, a Witcher television show that basically dumbed everything down to like PG level, right? Definitely didn't. Um, I'm looking forward to more monster hunts than 2021. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. There's, I, there's a lot of world building with this series and not as much because I wanted to see what their takes were on different stuff. Right. You know, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't watched it. I'm sure everybody that's interested has watched it at this point, And even people who don't know what the hell it is have watched it at this point. But. They they did have a couple really good ones. Like there was a couple good monster hunts in there. Um, there's exactly three. Well, right, but I mean the the Striga hunt was it was pretty good. Like the whole oh, yeah. build up to the whole you know getting the backstory for the Striga and you know and then you know how he ended up getting the contract and how he hunted and what he used. That was all really good. Yeah, right? I was putting my knowledge. I mean, I've played that. I've played two, three times. I've played one twice. No, three times. And I've done two and a half playthroughs of three. Three's just so big. Yeah, three's, three is massive. I've thought about going back to it. Like so it, have I. But I've got so much in my backlog. Right. And even with, and I'm going to say this, because I'm just going to kind of just brute force into this. Do it. I've had a lot of time off work the last few weeks. Uh-huh. So around Christmas, I had a few days off, and then I took a staycation um, this week. As you do. Right. I've been off since Saturday. I got to go in and work on Tuesday and do a bunch of interviews. Um, But I've been off since Saturday, and I won't go back to work till Tuesday. And that has allowed me to finish Phoenix Point. Yeah. Um, I had about 30 hours of kind of figuring out mechanics and 115 hours of playthrough. Yeah. About. I mean, I posted what it was. It was somewhere in that neighborhood. Like 140-something hours, something like that. Yeah, so 110, 115-ish for a single playthrough. And I can tell you part of that is me being really particular about my loadouts for things and my recruitment and what I wanted to do. And you can, because of the nature of the game, just like XCOM, you can kind of just continue to hit random missions to build up your characters, which is what I did. Even though, and trying to build up resources so I could create more things. And at a certain point, I realized I didn't need to be doing it anymore. And I was like, let's just go ahead and finish the game, yeah. which is what I did this week. Which is a whole other day of me finishing the game at that point. Right. I right. feel like if you wanted to, you could play through a campaign on a, call it a speed run at about 60 hours. <laughs> speed run at 60 hours. I think wow. most people would probably take between 80 and 100, honestly. Well, I mean, if you that's don't get stuck not... in a grindy loop. It's a grindy game. It's if you've played XCOM Long War, uh huh. I would equate it to that. So the one of the huge differences between vanilla XCOM and Long War is you can have multiple squads, and the squad sizes are larger. Right. So your squad size can be up to nine in certain points in this game. So you start off with six, um, but you have like three or four war parties, so to speak, going across the globe at any one time. Okay. And it just, that spreads out the game. And each one of these little missions, uh, when you get really, really familiar with the mechanics, some of these missions can take you about five minutes. Um, Initially, though, they take you about 25 minutes a piece. Yeah. 
which is why the gameplay takes so long. So you can think I've did 80 fights. Let's say 80 to 100 fights in mm-hmm. that 120 hours. Right. And they average at about 10 minutes a fight. No, not 10, a, not 10 really. 15. Some of them, like there's a mission that it will have. So let's say uh, they'll call it a citadel will pop up. And that's one of the enemy layers, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And the objective of that is to kill what's called a skilla, uh, which is a huge uh, mutation that has a lot of different variants. That is one of the cool things about the game is like there's a lot of different variants to every enemy, yeah. though there's not that many enemies right now. Um, I think you enemy types, you can count on both hands, but each one has a lot of different varieties to what they can do and what they have. Yeah, they have them. extra armor. They can move faster. They have or extra attacks. They have like different weapons, different loadouts, different abilities. Like the Skillas have like four different abilities, I think. For one part of them, so their abdomen has several different abilities there. Then they have, like, some of them have a gun, it's called a sonic blast. Uh, some of them have this thing that drains your willpower, it drains your action points, essentially. Right. Um, anyways, without going into specifics of it, there is a very effective way to kill them very quickly, which is why I call it a five-minute mission. So when you get to a certain point, you can mix a sniper with an assault, and the assault has an ability called... The sniper has an ability called Mark for Death, and the assault has one called Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire lets you empty your entire magazine in one turn. Mark for Death makes fifty does 50% extra damage. So you can literally take one sniper once you've spotted him, and once you've got a line of sight on him, mm-hmm. and Mark for Death and Rapid Fire in one turn, and kill him in one turn if you hit him in the right spot or you have the right weapon. Well, He's got... Like 1,500 health hit points. When your normal hits, you're talking even at, like, top tier, most of the time you're talking about 200 damage total you're doing in a turn. Mm-hmm. So normally, he's a pain in the ass. Once you have those two abilities chained together, it's broken. Well, that sounds like a balance situation. That might be something that they could, like, maybe change. I don't know. I don't mind it. There's some drawbacks to doing that. You doing that, you can only carry so many magazines. And the thing about this is, you're always paying money to replenish ammo, ah. and you don't, you can't do a tactical reload like you can do in a lot of games where you just refill part of the magazine. If right. you refill, you just you lose you, the magazine. Well, not necessarily. You you use whatever spots are left. So let's say you have a ten round magazine, you can load six of those bullets into a magazine, and then you have four left. The next reload you do is not going to refill the whole magazine. It's going to use the rest of the magazine, so it will only use the, the next four shots before it jumps into the next mag. Gotcha. Which is kind of an interesting mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're emptying an entire magazine, you're basically chucking that fucker over the shoulder and going to the next one. Well, it even goes to the granular detail of being able to recycle the empty magazines. Oh, wow. There's a lot of granular detail in that game. Well, that's cool. It's, the game is like... 10% away from being amazing, and where it would be amazing is if there was a little bit more structure to the game. Um, there's a few things that are bugs that need to be fixed. Like, for example, when you got the mission map right, and it said you had to save this structure from being raised, right? And it was it showed up in your random mission log. doesn't disappear. Stays on there the rest of the game, even though you can't do it. So you've got this really long list that continues to expand. Oh, wow. So if you never, if you fail it, it still sits in your list and doesn't go away. So you've got this big scroll bar on the left-hand side of all these things that 
raised buildings. These are yeah. your failures. Look at your failures, sir. And you can't tell which ones are failed and which ones are there, right? Gotcha. So, like, that's a minor annoyance, but it's something they really should fix, right? And the mission structure needs a little bit more variety. The map generation's awesome. Um, the enemies need a little bit more variety. And I never, ever, 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 ever ran into the main weird queen enemy that was in any of the demos or anything, ever. Huh. Which is strange. I thought I was going to run into it at the end of the game. Did not run into a completely different enemy I never ran into before. Did not run into that enemy. And the last boss fight is kind of bullshit. Um, it took me four hours. Wow. They're one of the hardest boss fights I've ever done until I figured out the mechanic, which I won't talk about because right. there was... I, mean, I felt like an achievement after I figured out the mechanic that once you, you do this out. thing, even though it has 9,000 hit points, there is a way to cheese its hit points, so to speak. Gotcha. Okay. Don't go into yeah, detail. I won't go into detail, but essentially it's very doable once you figure it out, but it's just a pain in the ass. Gotcha. Um, I will give one tip, and I'll leave it at this. And this is very, this would have saved me two hours. Okay. There's a ability on a priest, which is one of the other characters you can recruit, that negates psychic damage. Okay. You'll understand once you do it. Okay. It's damn near impossible to do without a priest. Okay. Um, the actual last mission, though, does take about an hour and a half. All right. So, anyways. Cool. Um, Phoenix Point, overall, um, I think I'm going to put it on my list. I don't know. I, I spent... 140 hours on it, right? But it's not going to make my top this year, but there's three DLC that's set to come out this year. Yeah, so... And I'm thinking that when the first DLC releases, I think it's going to do the same thing. Like, XCOM 2 is very similar. When it first right. came out, pretty good. The first DLC, the major DLC came out that changed some things about the game and added some more story elements to it. Right. Made it exemplary. Right. And I kind of feel like this has that same trend going forward. If they could focus in a little bit more on the story and kind of what you're doing and give some of the characters a little bit more personality and give a little bit more personality to the bases, I think it would move from good to amazing. The other amazing thing is if you're an Xbox subscriber for Game Pass on PC, mm -hmm. it is 100% free on there right now. I mean, getting a 100-plus hour game for free from Game Pass, well... For the price of Game Pass, I should say. Um, that's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. And considering that it's, you know, Justin said it was a good game and he's an XCOM fan. I mean, that's... And it's really not, like, yeah, the type of game's the same. There's a lot of things that are very different. It's a way more granular and way more specific game than XCOM. XCOM is about, you can use an action point to move so many hexes, so to speak, right? right. Or squares. With this, sir, you basically have so many feet you can move, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. So you and so you can literally use part of your action points to move to where you got a good line of fire and then continue to use the rest of your action points to move into full cover. And I know that sounds goofy, but it is a big deal. The other thing is with the destructible cover, you can literally take guns like sniper rifles, blow cover up so that things don't have cover, or shoot through very small spaces because it lets you free aim, you can literally shoot through, I'm trying to think. So think of some a, a hole the size of a Coke can, mm -hmm. right? 
and hit something behind a wall because you can see a little sliver of their arm. It's way more about blowing arms off and legs so that things slow down than it is about headshots. But every body point, every body part has a different reason it's there and a different ability that it has. I mean, adding the the skill of free aim, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's skill. It's not like they're moving, but... No, you're. it's like a pixel hunt, basically. Right. But there's a tactical layer behind that of what you're disabling and what you're doing. Right. That XCOM doesn't have. It's just that XCOM is a lot slicker. Yeah, XCOM is more of like the... Um, I don't know. I... I I look at XCOM more like a uh, a D and D based percentage game. Cause... Yeah, it's very percentage. This has no per- the the way it works is there's two circles on your reticle. Mm-hmm. There's a fifty percent circle which is the center reticle, and the hundred percent circle which is the outer reticle. And it, so basically, everything you fire that's within that reticle mm-hmm. will hit. But let's say there is a sliver that's not painted over the enemy. Mm-hmm. that's potential for that projectile to go that direction. So on a sniper rifle, if everything's mostly in the reticle, probably going to hit somewhere. Right. Pretty low chance for it to go into that one dead zone. Shooting an assault rifle with a six-shot burst, though, if you can paint the entire target, you're going to get the full effect of that assault rifle. If you can't, you're probably not. Yeah, you're probably going to have at least one of those bullets that goes under the arm or whatever the fuck. Right? Yeah, and it's we're talking about you can shoot through legs by accident, or I've shot past the torso and hit the le- let's let's say I was shooting from the right side, uh-huh. shot past the right arm, past the torso, and then hit the left arm instead. <laughs> okay, like it's that granular when it comes to the detail. Like I was talking about being able to recycle your magazines for materials. Mm-hmm. Right, like there's a reason for all that stuff, and you don't sell anything; you just recycle stuff or materials. Okay, I mean it's but yeah, it's on a tilt cast scale, which we don't do a ten. It's a four. Yeah, it's a four. So four out of five. Four out of five potential of being a four and a half, but right now it's a pretty. And I think a lot of people are there's some people that ranked it super low, and then some people that ranked it stupid high. There's not a lot of a lot of in between on this game. Okay. Um, I like it a lot, and for the price of Game Pass, it's worthy. Yeah, it's it, it it's on the it's on the list of things to do. There's a number of different things that's on my list to do. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't play any more Mech Warrior this week because I was focusing on finishing at Phoenix Point. I'm in that mission mode right now, finishing things. Mm-hmm. Jason walked in on me, uh, you know, not doing anything dirty. Right. But walked in on me playing walked on me. another game that's right. on Game Pass, um, Age of Wonders Planetfall, which came out last year. Okay. Which is a 4X game that mixes XCOM. I want to use the term XCOM again, um, but XCOM and Civ. Interesting. Okay. It's a Paradox game, and I like generally like Paradox games for the most part. I'm a big fan of most of the stuff that's come out. Um, Endless Space, Endless Legend, and Endless Dungeon are all the Endless Games. All the Endless Games are huge for me. But it took me a second to understand what was going on. I played through the tutorial, didn't really get a good grasp of it. Um, It's got, here's what it's really got going good for it. It's got a decent central story that gives you decent motivation. It's got a campaign, but you know how like on StarCraft campaigns that really focuses you on a really linear path yep this does not 
it focuses you. So every mission that you go to in the campaign is a different planet. So I don't know how many missions there are, but the planet list is pretty long. So I'm assuming somewhere around 20 missions that all take several hours to beat. Um, on top of the fact that you can play it just like Civ and just play a random campaign. Okay. With whatever faction you want. But I'm playing the main campaign. And I'm on my fourth mission right now. I've been playing it for about two and a half days. Um, after I got through my halfway through the second mission is where everything kind of clicked for me on like how the resources work and how the buildings work and the structure of how things work is very similar to Civ. So I don't remember exactly, but if you remember, like you had like three different currencies, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. On a city, you would have a certain thing that affected how fast things were built with production points. You had something that affected your research and something that affected your money. Mm -hmm. So instead of money, you have energy with this which is basically your currency, and you have diplomacy, which is another thing, but you can use it to buy things from other people or renegotiate things. And negotiation seems a lot cleaner than Civ, which is kind of weird that something else is cleaner. It has less systems in play, which I think is why it's cleaner. Okay. yeah, Because that's the issue with Civ. Like, there's, at this point, like, Civ has so many systems in play, it's really hard to follow. Yeah. Until you've played 40 hours of it, right? I can't tell you how many times Gandhi turned me down. So it plays out very much like Civ Lite when it comes to diplomacy. Mm. It's mostly a battling game on a Civ map. So it's more focused on the combat than Civ is. Okay. But there's all these missions that pop up, right? And these missions, when you run across different factions, kind of they give them to you. And where it opens up versus some of these other games is these are made maps. They're not randomly generated. But you have several different objectives to meet or criteria to meet with different in different ways so there's like three or four different win conditions for every map right and it's up to you to kind of figure out what you want to build to and who you want to ally with and how you want to do that and so it gives you the option to do that and what you carry with you to your next map is your hero units experience and some of the items from the last map okay so the hero items or hero characters gain experience and abilities your regular units gain experience, which makes them veteran units, and everything is very moddable. So as you research new technologies, here's the types of things. You can get stuff like additional armor to put on your troops or extra heal packs, essentially, for your troops, or like there's flechettes you can get to attach to projectile weapons so that you cause a bleed or there's, you know, right. things like that, right? Upgrades, yeah. Upgrades. And you can attach those upgrades to your troops or your units in each of your armies. And you research stuff, that tech to attach to it, and it all comes to the cost to mod your armies to have these things. Mm. And then the cities aren't that hard to understand. After you get a pretty good grasp, like I said, halfway through the second chapter, I think I knew everything I needed to know in general, how to do it. Uh, the win con the last win condition or fail condition for every map is 150 turns. So if you can do everything before 150 turns, you'll obviously win. If you get to the 150 turn mark, you're going to lose. So and every Ooh. map takes about four hours is what I've seen so far. Sweet. So it's Civ, and then it goes to XCOM combat. And I say XCOM, it's on a hex instead of a grid. Right. But everything has so many movement points, so it does, it does the movement point thing very much like XCOM, right? So, like, you can do two moves, 
and a fire or an ability. Okay. And that's kind of how it works. And everything's percentage base. Um, and you can kind of see if you're going to hit something. Basically, when you're moving towards an enemy unit, it glows red if it's a low chance, yellow if it's a medium chance to hit, and green if it's a high chance to hit. High being 75% or higher. Gotcha. But there's not a lot of 97% misses on this. <laughs> I have had 99% sniper shots missed. Yeah. Thanks, XCOM. Yeah, you, so... You always make me wonder whether or not that 1% chance... <laughs> was really 1%. Was really 1%. And it makes me question all the other 1% that I've missed in but life. But I think if you're... This is really scratching an itch for me. Like, I, I didn't think I'd be wanting to play another turn-based game right after getting done with Phoenix Point. But I was like, you know what? I foolishly, I'm going to say that again, bought it before it came out free on Game Pass. And I got it on now. And granted, I got it for 20 bucks, But I, I went through Green Man on their Black Friday sale. And then it came out on PC Game Pass like a week after it came out. But I've heard about it, almost bought it several times last year, didn't. And then played it on Xbox, and the controls were all right on Xbox, but I didn't really want to play that kind of game with a controller. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking for a sale right now. I want to. This is something I want to want to want to play. And right now, it's. I think, when it comes to comparing that with Phoenix Point, um, it is slicker, and I mean that in the way that the way it presents itself. Mm-hmm. The combat's not as good. The 4X side of this is really good, and I'm liking it a lot. Huh, okay. So, it's another game I like a lot, and I plan on trying to finish at least most of a campaign. But I've got enough of that under my belt to understand what it is. It's just I really don't want to quit playing it right now right? and finish one of the other games that I should finish. Yeah. But that's a good sign. That yeah. means I really like it. Yeah. That's that's not that's not bad like at I, all. I'm, I'm kind of on that weird edge of, do I finish Remnant tomorrow, or do I play more Planetfall? I mean, I mean, Remnant and is pretty good. Remnant's really good, but I have to be in a mode where Lola's sleepy for me to play Remnant. Yeah. Well, Remnant is... I don't want to fail because I had to go find the dog. Uh, true. But, yeah, she man, I... to sit in my lap while I game because she gets jealous of video games. And then barks at faces. Yeah, uh, she does, uh, <laughs> or she sits on my, you know, she... Like she got up on your chest and licked your ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll that's be sitting in my get... chair, like lounging back, like I am right now. Yeah. Dog in lap, butt on chest, and then just sits there and yawns and just sits there for like five minutes. <laughs> and then I'll put my hand on the keyboard, and the mouth goes to the hand and licks the hand. Of course, you know. And then she's like, "No, you you need to scratch me or hold me." Right. She's, yeah, she's a very jealous animal. Well, I mean. Yeah. Super cute, though. She comes over and says hi every five minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Dude. So, have you played anything recently? or? I mean, outside of you know the normal you know, Destiny 2 stuff, um, I have... Uh, I haven't really played anything else, though I'm getting to that point in Destiny 2 where I basically caught up with everybody else. I mean, having put 100 or 580 hours into the game, I would then now consider myself, you know, caught up. Um, 
and you kind of know in Destiny 2 that you've uh, that you've caught up when Zer doesn't bring anything new to you. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have pretty much all of the exotics for Hunter, which I just started Hunter, and I still uh, still was able to pick up almost all of the exotics. Once I get all of the exotics, I think uh, that's kind of where everything starts to die off. And right now. Uh, the the content for Destiny 2's, I mean, they spread the content over the course of three months, so it doesn't really require a whole lot of grinding except for at the very beginning of a season. Uh, and once you get to the maximum rank in your season pass, uh, there isn't a whole lot of incentive to continue. Um, yeah, so I'm up to a point now where I'm like, meh. The next thing's on the horizon. Um, and uh, as, as crazy as this might sound, I think the next thing that's on the horizon might be Monster Hunter. Um, I have it already preloaded. Um, Iceborne just hit for PC a couple days ago, um, which adds a bunch to the game, like a lot. Of things to the game, and I haven't even started a character on PC. Uh, I was up to a, a fairly decent place in uh, you know in Monster Hunter on Xbox, but um, well, my Xbox is uh, fucking paperweight right now. So um, yeah, the, all that all that's gone. So I have to start from scratch again. Uh, and you know, the the PC experience promises to be a uh, a better uh, experience overall, as far as frame rate and you know graphics are concerned. I've always really liked the gameplay loop of Monster Hunter World. Um, just you know, going out and basically having boss you know boss fight the game, the build up to that. And hunting it down, you know, hunting down the uh, the monsters is it's actually really fun, um, you know, and having extra you know extra modifiers and the customization that you can do in that game. And it is really grindy once you get to basically the end game portion of it because you have to do a lot of monster kills to get what you need uh, or what you want. You don't necessarily need it, but there's some really fucking powerful builds out there if you can get the right parts. Um, it is super, it's, it's super fun. And I haven't seen, uh, I've intentionally not even looked at any gameplay outside of basically the, uh, what, the hook the, shot, the, the hook shot. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any gameplay of Iceborne. I mean, outside of maybe, maybe a five minute like you know quick reveal situation where the uh you know where some of the monsters were shown off um i don't know any of the system changes for iceborne or anything like that so it'll be if once i pick that up and start playing it uh that will be basically a whole new experience uh which i'm actually kind of excited for that would be really fun you know a really fun change of pace um it would require. Uh, I can't imagine playing that game on keyboard and mouse. Uh, no, so that, that would be ridiculous. 
so I'm uh, I'm working out the you know I'm working out my controller situation. Unfortunately, I cannot use my uh, my current Xbox controller because it is not the Bluetooth enabled uh, Xbox controller. Uh, and I mean, it is kind of worn. It is what three years old, something like that. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be the Bluetooth enabled, long as you have the. You know, you have to have a cable, right? Problem is, is that the cable port starting to, you know, starting to wear, uh, so it won't hold the cable in. Um, because I've used it plenty. I mean, I used the Xbox controller for all of the uh, the side scrolling, uh, you know, uh, Metroidvanias over the years, you know, and I've played a lot of them. Uh, but it's just, I've destroyed three USB cables and now the USB cable won't fit into the, into the, they need to buy a pack of three six footers for like $7 on What they need to do is they need to, uh, I need to have a, you know, a controller that uses USB C. I, the freaking, the, the USB, uh, is it a? It's USB mi- micro or, or... Oh, it's micro USB, yeah. yeah. Mi- the micro USB port sucks so much. Yeah, they break. I have I think last year, I got to keep saying that, I think I probably bought 10 USB cables. Right. Those, those cables suck. The, the connector on them just sucks. USB-C is the way to go. I'm not sure why they haven't done anything USB-C wise for, uh, you know, for controllers, but... I'm kind of looking for... For those of us that upgrade our equipment fairly regularly, I mean, that's been the standard for Samsung for, yeah, well, I mean, like the last two years. Even even my uh, my OnePlus phone uses USB-C, and I can't go... Uh, I really can't go back. There's really no reason to. The connector for USB-C on the tech side of things is just as cheap as the connector for a micro. Um, and much more reliable. And it's way, way more reliable. Um, so, the, I mean, w- what I'm looking for is a USB-C controller. Uh, and and I, I'm probably only going to get those on high-end controllers, right? So, I'm, what I got a really random question for you because I'm thinking about it right now. What What's on your backlog that you need to finish the next few weeks for fuck. game of the year fuck dude i've been trying to figure that out and i i've narrowed it down to things that i think are stuff that i really feel strongly about well i need to finish star wars for sure uh star wars full in order uh i have to uh i have to finish uh i'm only about maybe halfway through the game somewhere around there uh, and my EA access died, so I'm gonna have to re up it to finish it. Um, there is, I mean, I haven't touched Phoenix Point at all, which I mean, you just told me it's 100 hours, so that's pretty much a commitment. Um, there's, an, well, there's there's quite a few games that came out last year that I haven't. I haven't touched. Like, Phoenix Point came out so late in the year. Well, I mean, I I was I initially... Up, 
like that and MechWarrior 5 were things that I planned on finishing before the year came out. Well, finished. I haven't even touched MechWarrior, um, but I, I was leaving MechWarrior to you because I would go overboard on MechWarrior, I think. Um, you can totally Warframe it. Right. I think I would I would go totally overboard on it. Um, I think it's going to be The Outer Worlds. I have to finish that. Oh, you should absolutely finish that. Um, that and Jedi for sure. You know, so yeah. I mean, sure. I picked up uh, I, I picked up Destiny two late in the year when it was kind of in the in the drought right before all the fucking really good games released in the year of twenty nineteen, uh, and it really has held my attention for quite a bit. So I mean, uh, I can I can review Shadowkeep because that's I mean that's the only thing that really came out that year. For see, Destiny. I only have three that I have to finish before the end of the year because I don't see the others making it. Though, one, I'm going to, this is going to end up needing to be on something. Um, Dark Devotion, I really feel strongly about that game. Okay. So, and I haven't finished it. It's a pretty hard game. It's so far up there with uh, Salt and Sanctuary or a Hollow Knight. And so, I feel like it holds its own against those games. Okay. With its own style. Um, I wanted to play Blasphemous last year, never got around to it, so it's unfortunately gonna, not going to make any kind of list. But Dark Devotion, I feel like, fell under a lot of people's radar and shouldn't have. Um, very small indie game, very simple premise, very good gameplay loop. Um, more beatable than like a Dead Cells, less run-based in that way. All right. Random enough. Random with drops, not random with level design. The level design is very consistent, and it depends. The loop is for you to kind of memorize where the levels are and what things drop what and what. Right. Basically learn the different weapons and stuff like that. But, yeah, like I, especially the more that I play it, like I really feel like I have to finish Planetfall. I feel like that was a severely underrated game. Um, as you know, paradox games tend to be kind of hit and miss sometimes, but I feel like they really did a stand fantastic job. I really like this better than I like Civ, and I liked the gameplay loop of Civ. I really didn't like the combat of Civ. It was really just like, do you have more forces than this other thing, and is your technology better? You know what I mean? Right. A lot of stuff under the hood you didn't really see. Yeah. It, oh, man, like, I'm I, I've been lost in thought just thinking about all the fucking games that's come out you know, that came out last I year. I really only completed fifteen games last year. I completed a lot less. Though I I feel the like games it's be another, that I did another complete, year that we narrow it down to like a top three or something. Yeah. The but the games that I did complete, I basically went ham on like remnant i you know i completed that game three times i know i have to finish that because it it's going to merit some kind of discussion because you finished it you know i mean yeah like i know for jason i know division's pretty high on your list am i right oh i mean <clears throat> he's got hours higher but yeah he's got hours into it, it division division good... is jason's destiny too for you know for this year i think and they see Phoenix Point and Mech Warrior are kind of my destiny too, right? I've spent the entire Christmas break, like 
this is this is a crazy thing. So this came out right before I took my Christmas break, so to speak, mm-hmm. where I worked. I was off more than I worked over the last three weeks. Right. And between both games, um, I have four, five days in Mech Warrior and six days in Phoenix Point. Six days, eleven days of gameplay between both of those games. I mean, in three yeah. weeks. That's that's quite a bit of time. Uh, that's, you know, and that's the nice thing is when Jess is here, like we'll watch something like Supernatural, and she's got like four games in rotation on her phone that she plays pretty obsessively, and I just sit on the PC and play something like Mech Warrior or Phoenix Point while we're watching TV, and that's what I did a lot. That's that is uh, that's multitasking on different levels. I mean, I've seen uh, you've seen them, but well, and she's always multitasking. So, right. So, anyways, long story short, like I was sinking my teeth into that. I am glad that I'm done for a minute on Phoenix Point because it feels like you've played through it. You played it out. I've played that out, and that's a lot for me on any one game for a minute. Like I'm going to have to put it in the box for a couple months until some DLC comes out. Yeah, you you have but to I, you have to do the. Uh, the the RPG rotation like I do, because uh, <laughs> and I know that I've got to finish a lot of other things before I jump into Mech Warrior. I know exactly what Mech Warrior is. I feel confident at this point that I don't have to play it before I talk about it in Game of the Year, mm-hmm. because I've just gotten lost in the side missions and I've got most of the stuff that I want, so to speak. I haven't gotten all the Lost Tech stuff. I don't have an Atlas yet. I've been looking for an Atlas, but I have three Stalkers, right? I mean, I mean, if you have to make two, a uh, two Highlanders, yeah. right? Yeah, if you have to make a a compromise, I have a there's that. King Crab with dual burst fire AC twenties. Yeah, right. It just—I was trying to explain this to John from Picking Up Pixels. Me and him are doing our well. We do a monthly get together mm-hmm. with me and some old friends. Matt that's been on the show. Dave, I don't think's ever been on the show. No, he's been on the show once. Anyways. um... We were talking about that. I was just trying to explain. I was like, the the story's trash. Yeah. The story is literally every Mech Warrior story. But, like, there's their Foley guy is fucking amazing. Like, this is on a level, like, he's got everything right. Like, he's they mixed a lot of sounds with, like, it's like when an AC-20 shoots, it's got a certain lowness to it, mm-hmm. a certain timber to it. And then it sounds like, as between every shot, it sounds like a rack of metal plates slapping together. Like, it's just so chunky. And it has the right sound. It's like a freaking burst fire tank cannon. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds and like And each you're... one of the different guns has different sounds to them. And in the different variants have different sounds to them. Mm-hmm. The missiles have good weight behind them. They drop off right. Like, the combat is just so solid. You can be in a light mech, and if you have good skill, you can be effective in a light mech through most of the game. In fact, most of the time I thought the NPCs weren't good enough pilots, so I would take the light mechs on the fights and give them the better mechs because I knew I'd be more effective the light mech. Right. Give and them the, more guns. Yeah. And I'd put a light mech with very light armor with a lot of guns, and I'd go to town. You know, let them draw fire, and then I would just go in and just be an annoying pest and just pick off things. Right. You didn't need that leg anyway. Yeah. 
I mean, it was a locust and taking it a locust, and it feels fast. It's like the Corvette MX, and I'm going to go on another tangent if I mm-hmm. love myself, but I've got enough of that game right now with that gameplay loop to understand what it is and know that I can keep playing that through March. Yep. Right? You know, there's just, when there was Iceborne that came out, I thought about finishing that before game of the year, and I feel like it's just now coming out on PC, and I feel like I can almost just make it a thing to play this year. Yeah, I'm I'm and, just going to... And I don't want to really put a DLC into the game of the year discussion like right. that. Well, like, we made an exception for Blood and Wine, I think, right. for Witcher 3, but I, I know it's an expansion, but it's just... Yeah. There's a lot of other things that were singled out that we played. I mean, we played, we all played a lot of Division. Yeah. You know, like Jason, how many hours do you probably have in that? You probably have like 500 hours in that this year. Yeah, somewhere between four and 500. I have. I mean, you played it every night or every other night for like four months, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. He played it a lot longer than I did. Um, I got to basically. You know the max at the time, uh, and that was uh, that was before the first you know even the first content drop I think, uh, and uh, I had pretty much everything I wanted. Um, I could go back to that game at this point. I I I could probably revisit it, but I don't think I would be interested in playing it. It's an for... interesting enough modern war fighter co op gameplay game that I could get behind right you know the but for for me uh not it it doesn't scratch all of the right itches it it has it has the um i like it better than one but it still has the same kind of flaws as one like i know that they're they're trying to to uh, to balance things out and there was always a uh, an issue with um like the dark zone stuff and trying to balance that out with people who want to play PvE instead of having the PvE VP situation um so there's there was some weird balancing when uh when I was playing and I'm not sure if that even got any better um, well, I haven't touched it in six or seven months. So right. I don't even know and, at this point. And while I own the game, and I, you know, and I have the DLCs for it, I haven't really felt like I haven't really felt like I wanted to play it. Like there wasn't anything that really drew me back to it. You know, I uh, when I did play it, it was go do your thing for the week, basically. Just go do your missions for the week, and then you were done. You know, and that was... There wasn't a whole lot of gameplay loop for me to, you know, to continue that. Um, and really, I mean, it's kind of getting to the same point here with Destiny, but I had three years worth of content to go through for Destiny. So it was, you know, there was a much longer grind to get through, but, uh, you know, the division two really didn't have, uh, I mean, it's probably better with other people. I mean, that, that's my biggest issue is I didn't have anybody to, you know, to squat up with. It would be fun with other people, fun with friends, but fun with friends isn't supposed to sell a game. In my opinion, you should be able to play the game solo. Um, 
and I played the majority of Destiny 2 solo. You know, you you do the matchmaking for your activities, and you you know you go through your day. I didn't actually do a whole lot of raids, uh, so it was it just didn't it didn't it didn't click. I mean, another game that really didn't click is Borderlands Three. Didn't you know it came out this you know on twenty nineteen? Yeah, I, f- I finished it and just. Yeah. It didn't click the same way too, did? Yeah, I I finished the game. I you know I have a copy of pretty much every orange piece of gear that came out, and it just never really drew me back to it after I finished it. I mean, I was right. doing it at the at the maximum difficulty level and was just melting things, so I quickly got bored of it because. You know, you you have everything that you need to basically melt faces, you know, and there wasn't a whole lot of variety in that. It was just go in, press, uh, you know, press the fire key on your, you know, on your mouse and swing your freaking camera around and everything died. Um, that that's not that's not gameplay for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I listen to a lot of Game of the Year podcast stuff because I've finished more or less everything that I want to or have played everything I want to play. And I'm at a point where the games that I'm playing, I'm for sure weren't going to be on anybody's lists right. that's in major media. And some of the people I respect a lot, you know, do some of this stuff, but I don't generally agree with what gameplay loops they like. I feel like the popular thing right now in journalism is playing quick games. Well, that's just because they can get through it faster, and the more and it, get, you know, more titles that they can throw under their belt. Well, and I think you know the the crowd that I listen to is generally about our age at this point. Yeah, the Giant Bomb Crew is pretty much our age or a little bit older. Yeah, I mean, not very many of them are younger than us. And as shitty as games journalism is nowadays. A lot of those people are also our age. Well, some of them, yeah. But at least the Giant Bomb, Giant Beast crew, I mm-hmm. don't feel like it's shitty journalism. But Well, I'm, I'm not calling even... them shitty journalism. I'm talking about, like, the, the fucking, you know, the uh, internet magazine situations. I'm, you know, there's... Basically the BuzzFeeds of, of yeah, game. Yeah, the, the BuzzFeeds of game. Uh, what gets me is, uh, is if... It, 2019 should should have opened your eyes to the the entirety of what's you know what review scores really are on those websites um and, and kind of you know highlights the fact that there's uh there's a fundamental problem with you know reading uh your reviews on the internet uh and most of those reviews that you see that, you know, that came out as like four out of 10 or five, you know, three out of 10 or this game is shit and this, that, the other thing, um, those, you know, those people who wrote those articles only played like the first couple hours of a game. Well, it's just like I figured that nobody was going to play any of the stuff that I was playing because it was longer. Right. Right. Like people struggling to get through Star Wars Fallen Order because it was a twenty-five hour game. 
I don't understand how that could be a struggle. And then the people that like, so like, I can understand why people would like Sekiro, but like, it's not going to make a list for me because I got incredibly frustrated with it and didn't really want to complete it. I really want to play that game and I don't know why. I have, I have, well, is it PlayStation? Yes, PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the only thing that works right now. Um, I had, I had that in the cart during the winter sale because they had it for like 35% off. I had that in the cart. And then I, I sat back, I looked at the cart, and I, I said to myself out loud, no shit, I said, do I really want to do this to myself? <laughs> uh, there's a, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. At some point, because I purchased it, I'm going to play it. Right. That time is not any time where... In any, you can't be frustrated like with anything in life to play that when you play that game. <laughs> that's that's like, somebody thing. will need to be here to watch the dog, right? Right. You can't be frustrated at all with anything in your day, in your week, in your month. That too much that game, you here. need to be in a, basically in a Zen moment situation. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit like. Hear me out for a second. Like the top ten list for the giant bomb stuff, not including their, was literally only one game that I played. The only game that they played that I played was Bloodstained, that was in their top ten. Really, and that that made their top ten. Yeah. Wow. Number one was Outer Wilds. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, I I I everybody has their and flavor I fell of game. Off that game. Hard. I don't know if I talked about it on here, but I fell off that game hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I understood what the gameplay loop was, and knowledge was not enough for me to keep playing that because, like, the gameplay loop for that was literally just explore, explore, and look at your computer to see what you've done to figure out how to keep the universe from exploding. But I was trying to explain to John last night. I was saying, you know, the thing about that game is the drone controls of what it is basically is drone controls or worse than a regular a real drone i can fly a regular drone i cannot fly that stupid spaceship to save my fucking life (laughs) um it's the controls are ridiculous um and you know the really 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 bare bones method of communication of what the gameplay loop is and what you're doing is Mm -hmm. Organic to a point of boredom, <laughs> and I've just uh, yeah, that's just, it's not clicking the same th- way that I am, right? Like, there's a lot of people who've been playing an entitled goose game. I it's free on Game Pass. I probably won't ever get to it. Well, the entitled goose game is it, it's a fun little diversion. I look at that as like a diversion game. There's a there's uh, there's a number of different little you know little games that are kind of have a, a, a cute thing that goes to it right there's it's not i i don't want to say that it's not a serious game but it's not like super mechanic heavy right you just you know you do something that's kind of silly for a little bit and you know it's kind of like you know one finger death punch two for instance it's kind of silly you know you know you're playing a stick figure that knows all kinds of different martial arts and it's super streamlined as far as what you're thinking about, but you know, it's still fun in the moment, right? Yeah, they're uh, <clears throat> hold on. 
I'll see if I can find <laughs> what that was. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's quite a bit of things that, you know, that has come out. Uh, in, I, I've always kind of gravitated towards indie titles. I think that that's like the life of the industry, really. The, you know, where indie is, is where, you know, it it scratches that, like, Super Nintendo itch. Like, the the golden age of video games, right? Here, I'll give you this list. And I did play one other one, I just realized. Okay. We've got three of these games that we've played collectively as a group. All right. So oh, no, this, four. I'm sorry. So, just to be clear, whose list is this? Giant Bomb. Giant which Bomb. Which I think is the closest thing to a mature podcast that I can compare to us. Okay. We're reasonably mature. Okay. Yeah. Right. Their one was Outer Wilds. Their number two was Control. Their number three was Apex Legends. Their number four was Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. Their number five was Resident Evil 2. Their number six was Bloodstained. The number seven was Ring Fit Adventure. Their number eight was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number nine was Disco Elysium. And the number 10 was Judgment. Wow. That's, um, that, that's, um, that's a list. It's a weird list. It, it is. And it's, and it's been like, of, I it's... saw a lot of Disco Elysium and I just, it was not a type of game that I'd want to play. Well, yeah. It's but an RPG I've... that takes place in a square mile, basically. But, but. There, I have heard enough about it, and enough people have said you really should give this a try, even if it doesn't look like something you should play. Uh, you know that you're going to enjoy playing. You should give it a try anyway. Um, that I, I've thought about it, but it's it hasn't been you know like high on my list. Surprised that Bloodstained is there though. I mean, it's. I mean, well, I'm sure that we'll talk about it, but I'm just saying, like, I think our game of the year list is going to be very different than oh, yeah. what you're expecting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's I only some, played twenty games, right? There's some good games in in their list, and I, you know, and the the reality here is, I mean, even if somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, man, what games should I play?" I'd be like, "What games do you like?" I mean, everybody has their, you know, has well, their that's, flavor. That's why I listen to shows like them and a couple of others so mm-hmm. much is it's usually pretty different from the norm. Right. Well, and we're talking like what you would see on the Internet as far as the norm. Yeah. Uh, and the Internet is just basically a popularity contest as far as like the different news sites that you could go to. Uh, they just... They they run off of a percentage number of how many you know you know how many people actually play the game versus what their thoughts are on it, um, and it's so homogenized. Like you know, it's rare to see a indie title in their lists, for instance. Whereas it's more you know we you look at a podcast, a group of you know group of dudes around a fucking table, right? Uh, and we all have our different flavors, uh, you know, where I like Metroidvanias and, you know, and indie games and you like 4X and tactical games and Jason likes first person shooters and, you know, you know, and, and, and stuff. We all have a different flavor. Yeah. We have a pretty diverse flavor. 
I mean, I play a shitload of indie games, but I think that you'll see when we get to this list that we've got a lot of good reasons for why we aren't have. And I think the what'll happen with our game of the year is it'll, as it always happens, it's whatever is our crossover is what's going to make it in our top three. Right. Right. Whatever it's, we all agree on. And then whatever's off in the wings for everybody that we feel strongest about is mm-hmm. basically what happens to the other three games. Right. And that's just how it works. It's just how it's going to always work. Right. You know, and we use a review score system, but the review score system essentially works for us in that enough of us feel strongly enough about this that it has higher weight than others. Mm -hmm. And it works pretty well for this. I think it represents what the show as a whole does really well. There's not an instance, I think, in any one year, the number one game was only liked by one person. Right. Right. But the number... Four or five game might have been only one person because somebody felt strongly enough about it to be like their number one. Right. It just didn't make everybody else's list. Right. I mean, it's, you know, and that's basically what we do is just take everything that we like, rank it one to 10, and see what falls into one through 10 at that point. Right. And that's how our weight system works. And we, and we weighed it based off of, you know, you know, our agreement basically is yeah they all have a point value it's a pretty it's not arbitrary at all it's actually i feel he's got a I feel like genius i it. feel like jason's <laughs> weird genius with this is he's got he, pretty i think it's pretty innovative yeah it, it, it i like it the weighting out. system that he set basically an index to all of this stuff right rather than a true Scores. It, it works out that if you know if I feel really strongly about the game and either you guys had never played it or you guys don't really feel super great about it, uh, it still has a possibility of ending up in the final list because it still has a draw and you know, you as a listener might still be interested in that game because you like the same flavor of game I do. Uh, but it might not ever end up on anybody else's list, right? So it's it's kind of a neat little system. So, oh, Jason, yeah, I mean, really, I set that up because of the uniqueness of our situation. You know, we're not getting games from anybody. We're not yeah. sponsored in any way. We we don't make money doing this. We, this is what we like to do. This is our hobby. All the games that we play, we've purchased, you know, so we we have to use our hard-earned cash to, you know, to uh, you know, to make these reviews and that means that we probably won't get to everything and we all have full-time jobs and limited time based off of what we're doing. I think so, this year I had the more limited time than I've had in a very long time. Well, you still played more games than I did. But that's just because I'm fucking stubborn when it comes to games. Like, if I like a game, I'm going to continue playing that fucking game. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There, and there's not. But, you know, my word metric, I really just, I put it together because of that uniqueness. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to balance and score those games that only one of us around the table really got the opportunity to play either right. due to funds or time. Right. And that's where we go. So with that, I think we should break and organize yeah. some news. 
Yeah, I think we need a break pretty quickly because it's getting close to freezing and we're in a weird situation where Jason may not be able to drive soon. Okay. All so right. I think we're going to take a short break, come right back. I'm just going to top off my water and we're going to wrap this up. All right. We'll be back. Rusty's going to love me for that. I fucking hate you for that, you know. <laughs> it's a it's a newslight section. I was just telling the <sighs> the guys here. I think I'm just going to say it. I think if you're smart. Yeah. Like Game Pass is really essential for PC gaming right now. It kind of is. There's quite like, a bit of game for I it. I spent sub 300 on games this year. I really believe that. There's not a lot that I paid full price for. That and the combination of that, the stuff that you can get for free from Epic Game Store, um, um, on PC gaming, and I, you know, on, for PC gaming, yeah, and on console gaming, I spent very little. Uh, I don't well, sub two hundred. I I don't buy games on console anymore. Um, and it's probably a good thing because. I mean, the Xbox is kind of so uh, for um, you. But anyways, that's a whole other discussion. But I will tell you that the thing is, is right now between that and if you can get past your hatred for Epic Games, um, there's a lot that came out this year that I here's my theory. If I have to have to have to have it day one for some reason, then I buy it. Right. Right. If it's something I'm really interested in, but I'm not, I've got something else to play right now. I'm going to play whatever I've got going and I'm going to wait for a sale Mm -hmm. or I'm going to wait to see if it comes out on Game Pass. And Game Pass has been pretty good about telegraphing what they're going to put out. Like I was just talking about two of the games that I've played are on Game Pass. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phoenix Point and Planetfall, both on Game Pass. Yeah, and that's a couple hundred hours right there. Right. Yeah. And then I'm waiting on Surge 2. I almost bought it again. It's on sale for the next hour and a half for $27. But I think I'm going to wait to see if it comes out on Game Pass right now. Yeah. I'm mean, making money on Game Pass, and the developers are making money. This You're not shorting anybody, right? There's not anything that you're not giving somebody. Like, I think Phoenix Point got a few million to throw it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the... Um, and they're already making money on the side with Epic, right? So, you right. Know. You know, there's there's that. I mean, I... Uh, we played, uh, you know, Metro Exodus, and, you know, a couple... You know, a couple months later, it was available on Game Pass. Right. You know, Like, I if spent, you have to be an early adopter... Right. I was, shoot, I was kicking myself for doing that. I was like, man, that was a really good game. Yeah. But damn it, it came out on Game Pass. Right. You know, I bought it for full price, and then it came out on Game Pass, and I'm like, well, fuck. You know? Slay the Spire came out on Game Pass? Yeah, and that's an excellent that's fucking game. That's an amazing game. Yeah. It's 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 really fun. Um, and then, you know, there's some oldies but goodies that are on there, you know. But 
overall, like, it's a super value. Fucking Bloodstained ended up Bloodstained. on Game Pass. Yeah, I borrowed that from Matt, and then... I bought it for full price. You know. And then I, a month and a, well, a few few months later, granted, I think it came out, what, May or something? Yeah. It, it came out in, like, September on Game Pass. Still, I mean, if, if you don't have to be an early adopter on games, you know, or you're, you know, just, you know, you have, like, a, a downtime... Like for or you want to discover if, stuff, right? Like right. there were some Chucklefish games, and Chucklefish games are hit and miss for me. Right. They're either really on or really not. And they had a couple released this year that I was interested in that didn't hit the way that I wanted to, and I'm glad that I tried them out on Game Pass. So, for example, Wargroove yeah. was more grindy than I wanted it to be and more simplistic than I wanted it to be on the tactic side, and I'm really glad I tried it on Game Pass. Yeah. Right? You know... Six or seven hours in, I was like, you know what? I'm. There's other things I'd rather be playing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's. It's. Um. I think it's just something kind of. I think they're doing something really smart with that, and it's not quite the Netflix of games. But what you get from it are either new releases, gears, right? Cut gears on Game Pass. Right. Right. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff like that. You know, Astroneer. I have that on Game Pass. Not it's everything. A great game. Yeah, not everything is going to be a crackdown, but definitely, definitely worth picking up Game Pass just to give something a try, even if it's not going to be on Game Pass for very long. It's it's kind of like most of them have a shelf life of about a year, right? And some of them renew. I mean, Terraria has been on Game Pass. Terraria is actually the reason I picked up Game Pass. Yeah, even though I'd already put in a couple hundred hours on PC, I was like, you know what? I would pick it up for the price of Game Pass again. Yeah. And then I just kept Game Pass, and then I kept finding deals on Game Pass and renewing it through cards and things like that. I have my Game Pass is paid up through, basically, I don't pay on it again till July, and I'm sure I'll find another card deal. Oh, yeah, of course. Between now and July. Yeah, you know, there'll be there'll be something. You know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely... It, I mean, that's one of the ways we've been funding Jason Games is through Game Pass. Right. <laughs> If it's a if it's a good game and it shows up on Game Pass, that's it's really kind of a no brainer. And it's you know it's been a fairly successful you know you know service. You know that being a uh, a relatively it, inexpensive way to get your hands on you know some really good games. And they're at a point right now where they're like, there's just like Remnant, yeah, is on Game Pass, yeah. I mean, I'd play it on PC, but the, uh, you know, Remnant's, Remnant for me, uh, I mean, even at its normal price, I think it was, what, 30 bucks or something like that? 40. Uh, whatever, 40 bucks, you know, it was worth the 40 bucks for me. And, and if that, that, that should tell you something. I mean, that the game is That's also solid. three months of Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, that, the game is solid even at its normal price, and you, you can get it as part of Game Pass. Um, but like you said, you don't necessarily need, if you don't necessarily need to play something day one, you're not the person in line, you know, at the brick and mortar to pick it up. Uh, but I bet you, I bet you, uh, uh, Hellblade comes out on that. Sure. I mean, Game Pass is only going to get better. Because, you know, as soon as you start seeing the the Series X, once the Series X releases and, and Game Pass gets added to that, 
I mean, I imagine Game Pass is a successful model. Otherwise, they wouldn't be continuing to add really good games to it. Um, you know, that's going to carry over. I imagine. I'm, I don't know for sure, but it's it's probably going to carry over to the uh, the new Xbox. And once that happens, the availability and the quality of those games on you know on Xbox is going to be a no brainer if you're picking that uh, picking that console up. Because I imagine as soon as that releases, there's going to be at least one, if not more, games that you know come out with the release of the the Series X or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Um, I just I just think that at this point, and I we I think we've been champions for Game Pass for a while now, but yeah. just I mean because of the crossover between PC and that, yeah, like. A grindy game that I liked that came out a year and a half ago was State of Decay uh, 2, basically. Mm-hmm. It came out for Game Pass, and the one thing that they do with that game that's really unique is it's got cross-save, so everything saves to a cloud. Yep. You literally just pick up on PC right, what you're playing on, on console, yep. which is really cool. And Makes me wish I had a fucking gaming laptop, really, for situations like I'm in right now. Uh, I'm not going to have access to my rig. I want to want to play some fucking you know decent games. You know, have Telling some you, dark devotion on Switch. Yeah, um, uh, I know I'm taking a business trip. I'm taking my Switch. I didn't get a whole lot of play last time because I couldn't hook it up to the TV in the room. What are you Jonesing for? Uh, man, I don't know. I, I mean, I if all else fails, it's been a while. I could probably, you know, just play Breath of the Wild again. But um, if, you know, when it comes down to it, I I haven't really even looked super hard at the Switch titles. And I might just pick one up. Fuck, there's a couple electronic stores right, you know, right there. I can, if I've got the Switch, I can go grab a game, you know, and, you know, and be able to play it. That's one of the things about the Switch that, you know, that I really do like is that I can just grab what I need to grab or grab something fairly quick and I don't necessarily need an, a strong internet connection to play. So and Wi-Fi, you know, hotel Wi-Fi is notorious for being freaking shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's not any new releases until March that I want to play. Right. It's, it's, uh, it, from you know, for that, it's probably be just a uh, you know uh, an indie title or something, you know something small. Um, shit, I really do wish I had like a fucking you know uh, either a, a decent gaming laptop or a shield or something like that that I could fucking take with me. But kind of short notice, I didn't have a whole lot of time to freaking prepare for this. So, <laughs> so. Jason, we only had like one or two bits of news, right? We really did. I mean, that's fairly news-like. Um, one thing just uh, came out a uh, couple days ago. <clears throat> uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment's president, Jim Ryan, um, basically touched on uh, some unique unannounced features for the for the PS5 oh, yeah. uh that 
um, weren't previously confirmed before. Um, give me just a second here. Sorry, I'm still going through the article. Uh, thinking about it, reading about yeah, it. Thinking about it, reading about it. Well, the articles from Gimatatsu, and it's kind of like not lined out. Really uh, well. Fun times. So the one thing um, they definitely said is that um, is he uh, he did officially confirm the use of solid state drive for the storage. Good. Three um, D audio and haptic feedback support for the controller. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the controller audio thing. Anyway, yeah. the speaker was really shit. Um, very tinny, right? Um, and that's that's really it. Oh, and the new adaptive triggers for the PS5 controller. So, yeah, the having a a higher quality you know control on the triggers. That's you know that is definitely a you know a good thing. Um, it was one thing that Xbox had a little bit, you know, a little bit of a heads up, you know, head start on, uh, cause they did have adaptive triggers, uh, you know, on pretty much all of their fucking consoles. So the, um, I, I want to see quality, uh, as far as their controllers, but I don't want to see a design change. Like I don't want to see them come out with something completely different. And the PlayStation 4 controller is really good. The, like, that that controller f- feels all right. The triggers are kind of wonky for me, but I'm just used to Xbox controllers, which have a more traditional trigger style. Yeah. Um, but they don't need to reinvent the wheel as far as how the thing is laid out. They just need to pack more features into it. And if they, you know, and like I was saying earlier in the you know, in the cast... If they go with USB three connectors on all of these things, uh, USB C, I'm sorry, uh, you know, connectors on all these, <laughs> you're like, this is your chance. This is your chance. This is this is your opportunity to actually upgrade those freaking you know those ports to something that's you know not shit. <laughs> so you know the uh, the specs of the machine itself. I mean. I kind of already predicted that they were going to go solid state, uh, you know, and the confirmation back way when the first details leaked of the new PlayStation that they were running solid state and they were uh, they were playing Spider Man on it and the freaking load times were stupid fast. Um, that that was kind of confirmation. This needs to happen with all of the, you know, all of the consoles. Um, yeah. I have major problems with console speed. That's my, the whole reason why I've stopped playing on consoles is because the speed is so fucking slow compared to my rig. I get frustrated with it and I feel like I can't fully enjoy the game. So if they make those changes to increase the speed and to, uh, you know, and to provide a 
it doesn't have to be like a fucking 4K $3,000 PC experience. It just needs to be, you know, I'm not waiting five minutes to fucking load a goddamn screen. I know that's an exaggeration, but it's it still feels like I'm waiting forever for something. seconds. To, I know. But when I can get the same load screen done in five to ten seconds on a PC, that is ages. You know, you know so um, I'm going to speak to some of that real quick because I feel like it's a good transition to the other thing that I found. So there was a Games Radar piece that was talking about Xbox One Next Generation has. There's been some rumors, and I went. I found this from Games Radar, but I went to the linked rumor site, which was all in Spanish, so I couldn't read it. Right. Um, but anyway, there's some rumors that they're going to try to unify the Windows 10. Um, I guess infrastructure so that it's able to play stuff that's on the Windows 10 store and on the Epic Game Store. Oh wow! Okay. And if that's true, that means you're going to get stuff like Horizon Zero Dawn on your Xbox. Well, or Detroit Become Human, which is also a PS4 exclusive on your Xbox through the other interface. And I think it is a good spot. Because no matter what this is, it'll be cheaper than a PC, right? Right. So you've got people like Casey, who doesn't have a gaming PC, nor has the finances for it at this time to do that, who used to be more of a PC gamer, actually big Warcraft nerd for a while, mm-hmm. um, who could do stuff with a single device that he could console game on, then do the Game Pass stuff through Windows 10, then do the free games on Epic, Right, and have that cross spot, right? And for a lot of people, that's extremely convenient. Well, yeah. Right, to be able to do all of those things from one box. Being able to play PC games, and if it's, which means that this is basically just going to be an optimized PC. Right. I mean, all consoles basically are, but like really operating on that same structure of Windows 10 to where it is literally just a PC and a console mixed together, which I think is honestly a great idea. It it might be. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put a little bit of piss in your Cheerios though. Uh the thing is is uh right now for games to show up on say Game Pass or anywhere in the Xbox platform uh, they have to go through a pretty substantial, uh, you know, certification process. Maybe they don't have um, that same certification process on the PC storefront. Right. If if they add stuff like, you know, uh, Epic Game Store or even like uh, a tie-in to add Steam or any of those, you know, any of those situations, uh, it's going to introduce the possibility of, you know, um, odd issues with your console crashes, things like that, uh, that, uh, you don't normally see very much of with the current ecosystem because they've basically patched it out to be not something that's going to destroy the system or cause it to crash. Uh, there's normally some form of hook that prevents it from, uh, from crashing the system completely it just goes back to like the home screen or whatever. Um, and I think what you'll end up having, and this is like super speculative, right? But it's, I think the smarter thing to do mm-hmm. is literally have a 
play this at your own risk kind of thing, or these are the settings, like here's the Xbox settings for this game, right? Right, so it defaults to the quote-unquote Series X setting for the game when it loads in. Well, I just, I, I no longer, I'm not worried about the the settings per se. Uh, what I worry about... I think that's a lot of what the certification process is. Right. What I what I worry about the most is just the availability. For instance, this is this is what's going through my mind. So a new game comes out on Steam. And say Steam is, in, you know, integrated into this. Uh, a new game comes out on Steam. Uh, and, you know, currently in Steam, you can see that it's, you know, what platforms it's for. So you can see, you know, Windows, Linux, and, and so on, or, you know, big screen or whatever. Um, what I see happening is that, you know, game developers, when they put these things up on this marketplace, are going to have to have a, an additional platform tie-in to say Xbox, Windows, you know, the Xbox crossplay, the X, you know, the, yeah, the Xbox availability. And when you lo- load it in, it sees the ecosystem sets the, you know, sets the graphic settings and resolution and everything to fit f- with the Xbox platform. The problem I see here is, is that not everything is going to be available that way. And consider the library that steam has right now. Um, a lot of games that is available on Steam will have to be retroactively changed or have that platform added to it. I didn't, but I didn't see anything about Steam. I just saw Epic. Well, I mean, Epic Steam situation is similar. You know, sure, right. Epic Store is is smaller as far as the amount of titles, and it's a little more curated, as they say. Uh, but, I mean, if... You have that integration. If you have Epic Game Store integration, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump to have Steam integration. Uh, and I'm sure that Gabe would be fucking fan. You know, he would just fall over backwards trying to get into the fucking Xbox ecosystem. I'm sure if that was a uh, possibility. Yeah, I mean, you're opening up the door to 60 million potential people. Right. So he would he would do everything in his power to just run up Bill Gates' ass. So uh <laughs> so there's there's a a possibility that uh that games if if it's integrated that way, there's going to be a um uh an issue where not all games are going to be compatible with it. Uh, and you run into that already, though, with the VR stuff. So, like, I run into that with um, having a Windows Mixed Reality headset. Right. Where 75% of everything is playable, and then some things it just says Vive only. Right. Or whatever. Right. And, then, and Valve Index. Or, or Oculus only, or whatever. And there's a number of different, you know, ecosystems there. It would be nice to have, even even if there is only a couple games that's going to be compatible with it, it would be a nice uh, nice addition and something they could build on. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't expect the entirety of your library that you have on PC right now available on your Xbox. I just if I figure that you could expand it by another fifty percent. Yeah, even if you could just get a few, I mean that would still be a really cool idea. There's been a lot of really cool ideas with console launches in the past, though. Um, backwards yeah. compatibility being a big one. Um, 
that really didn't pan out the way that we thought. So uh, I'm just saying, sure, this is a really cool article, but temper your expectations. It's probably not going to be as great as you think. Or even happen. <laughs> it may not even be in the final product. Yeah, well, or it would require another year or two of development that, you know, to get it running. Um, there's, you know, sure, it might have the power to do it, you know, as far as processing. Uh, but getting, you know, getting a bunch of big companies to work together is not something that you can, you know, that you can flip out in the course of a half a year before yeah. it's produced. So, um, it'd be a cool idea. I mean, I would like to have one thing. I would like to have the ability to play everything that's on Xbox and PlayStation on my PC. The ecosystems exist for a reason though. And there's, you know, and you, I'm never going to have that. <clears throat> yep. All right. <sighs> Is that and is that that's all I had? Yeah, my I mean, a I, gas tank just the the gaslight just came on. The gaslight just came on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I saw something come up on my uh, on my feed just before I left uh, about Pokemon Sleep, which is apparently something that's coming. It's a tie-in to Pokemon Go, but is also a sleep tracker. And allows you to kind of play Pokemon in your sleep, which I thought was like, why? But, you know, they'll find any possible way to get people to play that game. So, right. Uh, so that's they probably uh, made a billion dollars on Pokemon at this point. Right. But it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that just, you know, just came into the uh, into the inbox and I'm, I don't know a whole lot about it but like seriously playing games in your sleep and would you play uh, would you end up putting on a fucking you know a piece of tech that ties directly to your phone that tracks your sleep so that you could you know to play games in your sleep no is pokemon, that something pokemon will not invade my dreams <laughs> is that something that you want to do <clears throat> Uh, I will not play Pokemon in my sleep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'd play any games in my sleep. There's been situations where I've done like cheeses where I've uh, I've done some stupid small little grinds in my sleep. Like, play, you know, put something on auto on the computer, turn the fucking monitor off, turn the speakers off, go to bed and wake, wake back up with like a little XP gain. But that's that's... That was years ago. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that's, I mean, that's the only thing that's, that I see. So, it's getting late. We should probably wrap her up. All right. And with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on iTunes and wow. Spotify. Spotify. Right, I don't know why I can't think of it. It's all right. It's late. <laughs> Rate us, review us there. Our, find us at facebook.com and twitter.com slash tiltcast and our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash surrealtiltcast. Yeah. Old videos. Find friends really of the old. show. You've got Cabbage KBG. You've got Pupcast. Sounds like, you know, a dog, a pup, yep. and a pup. cast. 
You've also have other friends of the show like uh, NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, bad motherfuckers that they are, yep. and TVGP.TV. They do a game of the year. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.